0: glory. How are we all doing? You're alive? You're well? Full of the Holy Spirit? Good stuff. Awesome. Well, I, I want to preach uh, this morning. I'm going to carry on our series um, in the book of Romans. If you were here last week, give me a wave. Did you enjoy last week's message? We had a powerful time. I'm going to build upon that. If you weren't here last week, give me a wave. It's okay. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just. to forgive. Uh, You can catch that message on the website. I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. There was a lot of uh, good feedback from it. And I believe it is a message that has power to do something in your life. Who knows? We are not just hearers of the Word, but we are doers also. And I want to encourage you to apply the truths that I'm teaching you in this series because they are powerful. Amen. And so with that in mind, I want to build upon this thought. And um, We're in the book of Romans. Last week, I talked about transformation. This week, I want to talk about freedom. Amen. Now, Tim, had no idea what I was going to preach. Um, but throughout that song set, who heard that word being sung over and over again? Freedom. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. Let's look at some scripture. Romans chapter six, it says this What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Let, let, let me just kind of put that in a more English way. He says, Shall we carry on sinning? He basically goes, No way. No way, Jose. Or Hosea. No way Hosea. More biblical. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We therefore were buried with him through baptism. That's what baptism represents. Into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Everyone say new life. This is what it's all about. And then further on in Romans chapter 6, he says this. He says, For sin shall no longer be your master. Because you are not under law, but under grace. Can you say... Amen to that. In Christ, we are not an improved creation, we are a new creation. We are not an improved version, we are a new version. That's what it means to be born again. We are no longer who we used to be, we are a new creation in God. We live a new life, a fresh start, a transformation. Amazing grace. No longer under law, but under grace. I said it last week, but I'm believing God for you to have an amazing grace moment during this series. A point where you say, whoa, amazing grace. It's what he's done for us. And grace is not just being set free from the penalty of sin. Grace is being set free from the power of sin. And that's what I'm trying to teach you in this series. And, and that is what Paul was teaching in these first six, seven chapters of the book of Romans. That you have been set free, but set free for a new life. Last week, we talked about frustration, uh, transformation, not frustration, <laughs> transformation. But you might be frustrated with the lack of of transformation. You may say, well, I just can't seem to get anywhere. And I, I want to kind of take pressure off you a little bit this morning. I love what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis said, "It not it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. I don't know about you, but this is how I find my walk with the Lord to be. It can feel like nothing is changing. But when I look back and I see how far I've come, I say, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. He saved a wretch like me. You know, all that matters is not that we have an instant transformation. What matters is that we are making steps in the right direction. Are you with me this morning? But this morning, I want to talk about freedom, a new life under grace where sin is no longer your master. Everyone say freedom. Everyone say it like Braveheart. Freedom. Okay, that's more like it. You can paint yourself in blue and wear a kilt, but you know, freedom, we have being set free, and the the Bible has a lot to say about freedom. It's, It's a theme that's throughout Scripture, getting out of captivity and living in freedom. In fact, we see it in the life of the Israelites who came out of captivity and they came into freedom. We see it in men of God that were in prisons and difficult situations and they were set free in the power of God. We see it in the life of Paul. And Paul the Apostle, he wrote this in Galatians 5, chapter 1. He said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let me say that again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, there's some things we can learn from this scripture. The first is this. Can I tell you, it is Christ who set us free. It wasn't your mum. It was not Pastor Enzo. It was not Maisie. It was not me who set you free. It was Jesus Christ who set you free. That's a good place to Amen. Jesus Christ sets us free. And what was his purpose in setting us free? It was for freedom that Christ set us free. What does that mean? It means he had no ulterior motive in setting you free other than the fact he wanted you to be free. I tell you, this is real powerful if you could get it. There's no agenda God loved you so much that he wanted you to experience freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You know, this word freedom is more often felt than it is defined. Freedom can look different to different people. I remember as a a 15-year-old boy... That um, I'd been playing uh, rugby and I'd left the key and my wallet at home, and I was heading out after the rugby match to go and meet some friends. Just on the rugby note, who knows, England had a bit of a result yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. But um, I'd locked my keys and my wallet in the house so. As a 15-year-old, I was like, I'm going to break in my house. And so I went to the house and I looked to see if I could find a window that was open. I found this bathroom window, a tiny little bathroom window downstairs, toilet bathroom was open. I was like, I'm going to get in there. So I got a bin and things haven't changed. Let's just be real. At 15, I also had a little bit of a belly. Okay, I'm going to confess that, okay? So here I was as a 15-year-old boy, and I was stuck in the window trying to break in the house. Now, I tried and I tried, but I was stuck. It was not good. Uh, Eventually, I got myself free. That was my experience of freedom, getting out of the window. I didn't think any more of it until later on that evening when I arrived home. And there was a police car outside the house. And my mum and dad said, someone tried to break in the toilet window and the neighbours saw them. I was like, I don't know anything. (laughs) Thankfully, I was not arrested. I am still free to this day. Thank you, Jesus. But I remember as a kid that freedom for me was the last day of school. When you're heading into the summer uh, holidays, it was that moment where school finishes, that was freedom. Maybe for some parents here, freedom is the last day of the holidays, when school starts again. Freedom can be five o'clock on a Friday when you finish work. That is your freedom that you feel. Maybe it's paying off a credit card. Maybe as parents, it's when you drop your kids off with the grandparents or friends or a babysitter. We say, now we're free. But freedom looks different at different times and it's felt Keisha's away this weekend. If I was brave, I would say, that is freedom. (laughs) But can I tell you, that we have to fight to remain in freedom. It says in our scripture, if you could pop it back up there for me, Paulie. It says, stand firm then. Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. There is an enemy that wants to stop your freedom. There is an enemy that wants to take you back captive from what you have been rescued from. And we are called to stand in the freedom that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. Can, can I tell you this? Freedom has an address. Let me show you. It says this in Scripture. It says in 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Be the next slide. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is everyone say it freedom. Freedom has an address, and the address is the Spirit of the Lord. If you want to know how to stand firm, then it's found in the Spirit of the Lord. If you want to know how to have victory, how to walk in freedom, it's found in a life lived in the Holy Spirit. Amen. But let's be clear about this. It is the spirit of the Lord. Freedom is always connected to lordship. Lordship is a domain that has a specific ruler. It's a, it's a territory with Uh, an owner and rules that defined it. It is defined by boundaries. Let me put it this way for you. Freedom has boundaries. Are you ready for me to dig deep with you this morning? In 2019, that isn't what people want to hear. In 2019, people do not want to hear that freedom has boundaries. In fact, it almost seems opposite to what the culture of the day says. We live in an age where freedom is do whatever you like, do it whenever you want, do it with whoever you like. Can I tell you that is not real freedom, that is captivity. Can someone say amen? amen? And so you might be here and you might be living with no boundaries. Can I say, I'm pleased you are here in this place. I want you to hear this message because I believe that God has a plan for your life. And he has something better for you, which is called true freedom. The world sees freedom as living with no boundaries. But the freedom God offers is real freedom. Not freedom to sin but freedom from sin. You know, I went to Bible school in America, and one of the highlights for me was when I had some money after Sunday service heading to the buffet. Anyone ever been to America and been to some of the buffets in America, like Golden Corral and all those kind of places? Woo! tell you, feel the anointing. But, you know, you'd go there, and here was the thing, that you'd go, all this food, and it was like, I'm going to enjoy it. The American in me would come out, and I'd be like, I'm piling piling my plate as high as I possibly can. I'm getting my money's worth, and I'm eating the food. No boundaries. And who knows, at the end of that meal, I'm in a food coma. (laughs) You, You ever been there? You're just like... I can't move you see here's the truth when you live without boundaries there's always a price you pay and who knows if it wasn't the food coma guess what it's going to show on the belly the hips don't lie baby there is a price for living without boundaries In all areas, when we live without boundaries, we are creating things that affect our lives. That's why real freedom is not the lack of boundaries. It's freedom to have the right boundaries. Repercussions of sin are death and guilt and shame. And God wants to set you free. You know you might be here and you just want to run from church and go back to the world and back to drink and back to sex and back to addiction. Say I'm going to throw off restraint and live without boundaries. Can I tell you that it is a lie of the enemy that says you will be happier. That is not real freedom. Real real freedom is not doing what you want in the world. All that is going to give you is misery, chains, and slavery. Do not be yoked again to slavery. Can you say amen? But not everyone's living with no boundaries. Some people are living with their own boundaries. We want to call the shots. We want to decide what is right and what is wrong. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people in the world who live this way. They are not Christians, but they still believe in boundaries. What is right and what is wrong. Now, the only problem with this is that we are not lords. There is only one God, and it's not you. Are you hearing me this morning? It's not about us deciding what is right and wrong. And we live in a politically correct world that says, actually, I get to decide whether this is no longer right or wrong. I can choose to pick what the Bible says, and I decide whether to apply that as right or wrong. That's living within your own boundaries. I'm preaching better than you're helping me. Sorry if you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to give you the whole Bible. Sorry. And no matter how much we want to be self-righteous, we are not bringing healthy boundaries. We are walling ourselves in. This is what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. They they added to God's word and they said, we're going to decide what's right and wrong. It's where judgmental attitudes come from. When people walk in and we go, hmm. What are they doing here in my church? Not in this church. No way. We are not building a snooty, snotty church where we think we have all the right and we know what's wrong. No, we live in the power of the Spirit. And so we don't live with no boundaries and we don't live with our own boundaries, but we live in God's boundaries. God's boundaries. Real freedom is not the absence of boundaries, it's finding the right ones. And this is what God defines through his words. Can I tell you, God is not a dictator. God is a liberator. That's a good quote right there. He's not a dictator. He does not come going, these are the rules. He comes as a liberator to say, this is the way you can thrive in life when you live within the boundaries for which I've created you. Wow. He's not just up there going, I'm the boss, I'm the Lord, do what I tell you. He's going, hey, this is how you can survive at life. You might not have had a good dad or a good mum to train you. But if you follow me, I will show you how to be (laughs) fruitful in life. His boundaries are not to control you. They are to protect you. You know, I I, I preached a sermon one time with a real goldfish. Does anyone remember that sermon? Yeah, I had a goldfish bomb, maybe one or two. It was right in the early days when I got here. I literally had a goldfish on the stage. I was tempted to do it again today, but I, I resisted. But if we were to have this goldfish and this goldfish was here swimming in this little tank, let me ask you the question, is the goldfish free? Well, no. Okay, so let me set the goldfish free. I grab the fish, I throw him out of the tank. Can I tell you that goldfish is not free, that goldfish is dead. (laughs) You see, the goldfish was designed to live within certain boundaries. It was designed to live in water, it was designed to live within that space where you say, okay, pastor, you've been a bit extreme, flush it down the toilet. Is the goldfish going to survive? No, the goldfish isn't going to survive just because they're water. It's not being designed to thrive in that environment. The goldfish only survives when it lives within the boundaries it was created. Now, could I give it a bigger tank? Could I put it in a space where it was designed to live? Yes, I could. But it's still living within the boundaries that it was created to live in. Come on, are you hearing me? Told you, I'm preaching better than you're helping me. This is God's boundaries are not restrictive, but they are, en- but they enable us to live the life for which we were designed. You have been designed to be successful and fruitful in life. You have been designed to be overcomers. You have been designed to be conquerors. You have designed that everywhere your feet goes you step into victory. You you shouldn't be in lack. You shouldn't have not enough. You you should be so victorious because of what he has done on the cross. Amazing grace, how sweet that sounds. This is the life he's designed me to live, that everywhere we go, the fragrance of Christ is given off and that we see victory in our lives. But how, Pastor? By living in the boundaries. Where is freedom? Freedom is found in the Spirit of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul writes this. You see, it's not in the letter of the law, but it's in the power of the Spirit. It's in the power of the Spirit. Not, not the letter of the law but it comes as we walk with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I love Paul. Paul wrote this book of Romans when he was in Corinth. But when he got to Rome, who knows, he spent many years in prison. But yet he was still free. Can I tell you, you can be physically in prison, but yet spiritually free. I would sooner be free in my spirit than in changing my spirit but physically free. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so Paul is um, in prison, and he, he writes this, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say. He, he, he's referring to grace teachers who are saying, Christ died for me, I'm free, so I can do whatever I like. Can I tell you, you are free. You are. He has paid the price for your sins, but it's not Freedom to do anything. If you really get this message, it is freedom from something. And he says, yes, you can do anything. You you have the right to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. so what he's saying? He's saying, look, yeah, you are free in Christ. But if you do those things, it's going to mess you up. And he says this, but I will not be mastered by anything. You know, when you make an addiction so strong in your life, you make it your master. Can I tell you, we will not have any other God but Jesus Christ. We will not serve the God of sex. We will not serve the God of money. We will not serve any other gods. There will be no other gods. But I make him Lord. so you can do anything, but it's not always going to be good for you. I, I, I love survival programs. Does, does anyone love survival programs? Bear Gryllis. Any Bear Gryllis fans? You know, the kind of ones, throw them out on a desert island, and you're like, you got three weeks to survive. And you know, I, I love the fact that they always go, I've got to find fire, I've got to find water. But you know, with water, you can't just drink any water you find, you, you have to Filter the water, and so this morning I'm I'm halfway through my message. Don't panic. That wasn't my introduction, but it kind of was. I want to give you three filters for determining whether things are right and wrong in your life. I want to give you three ways of saying, okay, everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. The the first one I want to give you this is your first filter: is it pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to God you see uh, it's not about rules this is what I want you to hear we we are no longer under law we are under grace that means i walk in the power of the spirit not by the letter of the law but i work walk as the spirit leads me you say how do i know if it's pleasing to god can i tell you it's very simple bible the bible Basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah? It's as simple as that. John chapter 8, it says this. It says, to the Jews who believe him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How do we know? Does it line up with the Bible? Does what I do line up with what God says in his words? Is it pleasing to God? Yeah, you know, I want you to have a moment like last week. I want you to have a moment where you look at your life and go, Is what I'm doing pleasing to God? Can I tell you the Bible is a very practical book? It really is. You know, where you can get caught up in Books like Jeremiah and Isaiah, and you could just go, oh, it's just too deep, and Leviticus, and don't even go there. But actually, the teachings of the Bible are very practical. It teaches us a way of life that, that is very pure and holy, that is very loving and caring. That is the message of the Bible, and when we say, is it pleasing to God, that is the filter. For our life you know I like to think people wore the wristbands WWJD what would Jesus do it's a good way of looking at life is it pleasing to God would Jesus do what I'm doing right now I like to think of it the other way and say rather than what would Jesus do let's do what Jesus did I, know, I don't know what Jesus would do in a lot of situations, but I know what he did. He'd go up a mountain and he'd spend the whole night in prayer. And he'd come down in the power of the Spirit. I, I don't know what Jesus would do in your situation, but I know what he did. And I want to live a life like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. Are you hearing me? Let me show you, let me show you the second filter. Is it upholding my convictions? Is it pleasing to God? Is it upholding my convictions? This is what Scripture says, Romans chapter 14. It says, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. I want you just to, to let this sink in. Here is what he was saying. He was saying it's not about the letter of the law. It's about your spirit, your, your convictions. This is what it means to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit becomes our guide for life. Am I convicted? Is there a conviction inside of me that says this is right or this is wrong? This is how we determine what to do. And he's saying, if your spirit is convicting you and you go ahead and do it anyway, you're in sin. You see, it's not about whether it's right or wrong. It's about is it right or wrong to you in that moment. Can I tell you there were times when Jesus broke his own laws. His disciples ate on the Sabbath. Can I tell you when you are so locked down in law, you can miss what the Holy Spirit wants you to do? Man, I could tell you some stories. I'm not going to do it because uh, I'm not going to be controversial just for the sake of it. But I could tell you some things that other pastors would say to me, whoa, that's not what we do. Why would you do that? Why? But I've seen the Holy Spirit come on the back of those decisions and bring breakthrough into people's lives. Yeah. You see, what do we do? We are being led by the Spirit and not by the letter of the Lord. Can can I tell you, for some people, it's going to be okay to watch certain TV programs. And for other people, it's not okay. Confessions of a pastor. I should probably preach a series on that. That might be quite good. But I like zombie movies. I'm just going to be honest with you. I like Walking Dead, and I like, you know. Now, for some of you, don't judge me. This is the whole point of the message. For some of you, you will not be able to watch that kind of movie. Your spirit will convict you. So is it right for you to watch that movie? No. I want you to go with your spirit. But can I watch that movie in faith? Yes, I can. My spirit does not convict me. And I get to look at zombies every Sunday. Some people who are dead spiritually. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm... You are alive in Christ. No, that's, that's the old church. The old church. Can I tell you this is not just in this area, but there are other areas. Gray areas in the Christian life where people have different views. Whether it's right to drink or not. Whether it's right to wear this or not. Whether it's right to go here or not. It is not about hard and fast rules. It's about you following the Holy Spirit in doing what he says is okay for you to do. <laughs> What's okay for you might not be okay for me. And what's okay for me might not be okay for you. And can I say, and that is okay. You know, I think a great prayer to pray, some of you will be praying for your pastor and saying, Pastor, you'll be saying, Holy Spirit, convict pastor of watching zombie movies in Jesus' name. <laughs> Do not spoil my fun. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you know, a great prayer to pray is... Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this situation? I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Holy Spirit is the most precious person in my life. I love Him. I I don't ever want to grieve Him. I want to live a life that's pleasing to Him. And so if He says, John, don't go. If He says, John, go. I, I want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Third and final filter, is it representing God's love? Is it pleasing to God? Is it upholding my convictions? Is it representing God's love? Can I tell you, this is the most important filter to living a victorious Christian life. I've not got it here, but I showed you last week, Galatians, where it says, you know, The works of the flesh are obvious, debauchery, sexual immorality, anger, malice, rage, all those things. And then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering. And he says, of which there is no law against such things. Can I tell you, if you want to know whether you are walking in the Spirit or walking in the law, there is a really good gauge. Is my life representing God's love? Do people see me and think, man, you're such a misery guts? Or do they see me and think, man, that person loves me? 1 Corinthians 9 says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Wow. He says, yeah, I'm free. I'm free in the power of Christ. I am free. But I'm going to make myself a slave to you. So I can win you. I have some rights. But I'm laying it down. Because I was soon to show you love. I could do it but I don't want you to stumble. I could do it because it's not about what I can do. It's about what I can give. The greatest freedom we have is to give the gift of the gospel. You know, the enemy wants to restrict nations into being silenced, but I thank God that we can still preach the gospel in this nation. Yeah. Yeah. And often, the only gospel people are going to hear is the life you live. Sometimes your gospel is not with words. It's what, Madam Teresa, I was getting confused in my head. I was like, my, Teresa, mate, didn't say that. No, <laughs> Madam Teresa, the saint, she said, you know, you don't always preach with words. You preach when you're living a life of love. When you walk into that workplace and you are oozing the love of Christ, you are a far better message than standing on a street corner going, repent sinners, turn and burn, you're going to hell. I would sooner as believers live an authentic gospel where we are free and our freedom shows in our liberty and our joy and our peace. Can I tell you, you want that in your life? How? In the boundaries. When you're living in the boundaries, you won't need to go looking for, 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 for the fruit of love. It's just going to grow in your life. A little bit of love. A little bit of joy. They're fruit. They're a produce of a life lived In the boundaries of God. When you live in religion, going through the motions, you'll never really experience transformation or freedom. You'll just be doing it in your own strength. That's why I tell you, you can't force out an an apple. If I was a tree, I can... You can't force love out in your life. It's just going to grow. How? Abiding in the vine. How's that? Living in the Spirit. Same principles throughout Scripture. Jesus didn't deal with the penalty of sin. He dealt with the power of sin. He didn't just deal with the power of sin. He dealt with the consequences of sin. Death. Oh, death, where is your sting? What a Savior. Worship team, if you come. He who the Son sets free. I couldn't hear you. He who the sun sets free. My shackles are gone. I am free. Addictions are broken. Sin shall not be my master. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can I tell you there is no demon that can hold you down. There is no sin that can hold you down. There is no sickness that can hold you down. We are free. In Christ. Let me give you one more scripture and we're finishing. Romans chapter 8. It says this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amazing grace. Can you say amen? Will you stand with me? We're going to sing one more time.